Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. We now join the theatre's associate director and your host, Hamish Peary. Festival Travcast. The Travcast is a regular conversation with a writer where I get the chance to be in a room so close that I can smell their breath and understand and try and work out what makes theatre makers tick. And on this particular occasion, I'm very excited to have an actor, writer, director who's multi-award winning. Anne's come all the way from South Africa with his wonderful show, Kader. On Pile Maluse. Hello and welcome. Thank you very much and thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. Um, I suppose the first question I'd just love to, love to ask you is just talk to a, bit, a little bit about work because my, my geography in South Africa is slightly poor. So of, of, of where, where, whereabouts you're from? I was born in a small village in South Africa called Budibe, which is in the northwest of South Africa. At that time, it was called Putatswana as a homeland that was set up by apartheid South Africa. And uh, in 1994, it was now called, it is now called Northwest, the Northwest province. Um, I grew up with my grandmother uh, because my mother had to go and work somewhere else. And when I was 13, I started living with my mother in a, uh, close by a township, about five kilometers away from Budibe, a township called Itsusing. And when I was, when I finished my matric, I think I was 16 at the time, I went to Johannesburg, uh, where I went to study electrical engineering. Uh, I didn't like it very much. When I was there, I did a lot of uh, theater. Well, at that time, we didn't know it as a theater. We knew it as doing sketches as an extramural activity at the university. But then I fell in love with that more than the electrical engineering because I was failing a lot in electrical engineering. And so on my last semester, I dropped out uh, because I had written this little play, my first play that I've ever written. And I took this play to the market theater uh, laboratory where they do showcases every uh, every weekend for community theater groups around Gauteng uh, province, which is the Johannesburg area. And I fell in love with the world there. I fell in love with, um, you know, meeting artists and talking about their works and their theater works and their ideas and everything. And I found out about the school there. And I said, I want to go and study there. And so I did. And I didn't even tell my mother when I was registering there. And, and you know, I, I went in, I registered, they took me in. And my mother, I only told her a week after enrolling there <laughs> right. and she was very angry at me and I was on the phone with her she felt like she could come out of the phone and <laughs> choke me to death but then I was like you know I, this is what I want to do you know and she didn't speak to me for a whole year but you know slowly and gradually she got to accept that I do this and ever since then I've been I've been writing and, and, and directing and acting in drama school and when I finished I went on to continue writing and directing and acting does your mum come and watch your shows now? Say again? Does your mum come and watch your shows now? Yeah, when I was uh, doing my final year, my final piece, in fact, in drama school, she came. And 
it was not a, a play. It was it was a monologue that I had written. And because I, I, I tried personal things and that's where, you know, I fell. That's how I was taught in a way. That's, um, the best way to write is to write from, uh, from what you know. And so I, I started writing this little monologue about my, the, an incident that I had with my younger brother when I was young. And she came and she watched it. And, and it, it, she, she, I think one thing that she said to me was, I've always known that you two love each other, but I never understood why. <laughs> but after seeing that play, then I understood why you're so close to each other. Because we have uh, two different fathers, <laughs> but we're so close. And ever since then, she sort of started to be soft towards my plays. She started understanding why I was doing this. That's an ama almost an amazing justification for making theatre for the rest of your life, isn't it? Yeah. Proof that it works straight away. Yeah. If you're giving yeah. an insight to your mother in, yeah. in a relationship that you thought she'd understand, yeah. you're giving her more through your play. That's amazing. Yeah, and, and, and the, first, uh, the first play that she came to see um, which was a one-man show that I wrote, Itsu Sing. And she came and she saw it, because the first time I did it, I did it in my hometown. And she came and she saw it. It was about the township itself. Um, you know, how much uh, things haven't changed so much. And she just couldn't understand, you know, why I would be there for an hour and 10 minutes and just speak without no one else on stage and just me speaking on stage. But that... <laughs> sort of made her understand exactly the things that people talk about in the township and the things that people talk about at corners, things that people talk about in their corners and in, in, in private spaces, but never really get to talk about in, in, in the open, in the public. And, you know, when she came, she was very scared that I would that I would write this kind of work. And she was very afraid for me that, you know, why would you do something like this? And, you know, I sat down with her and I make her see the bigger picture. And from that time on, you know, she understood because she grew up in a, you know, generation of your Athol Fugerts and um, John Carney and all those people, you know, like the, where the protest theater comes from. And for her, you know, she connected that. And for her, it made sense why we had to tell those kind of stories because a lot of people thought, you know, after 94, everything was okay. But when she came and she saw it, she traveled way back to when she saw those plays, uh, protest plays at that time, you know, and she said, in fact, not much has changed, it seems. And she started seeing that with, with the play that I, that I wrote. And do you, um, you talked about, of the quote, uh, I'm going to get it slightly wrong, I'm sure, but that we might lose this dreamland, yes. which is a lovely phrase, and that you feel a responsibility to ensure that we don't forget the, forget the struggle that we had yes. to get to the free, for the freedom you've now got, uh, that, that sort of paraphrase, but yes. that's the words of that. And so did it always feel natural to you that it was going to be theatre that you would use to remind us? I n I, I, I never thought that I would do theatre because the problem is that, you know, when you grow up in, in, in South Africa, especially when you're growing up in these remote villages, in small uh, towns, you know, uh, you, you never get to get access to theatre. You know, I grew up not knowing what theatre was. When I was at school, we used to do, like, little skits, but we never knew that this could become a career. This could be something that you would do for the rest of your life. You could make a living out of it. And... Only when I left the township and I went to the city, that's when I got introduced to theatre. And 
you know, for some reason I fell in love with it. And I was, I was like, well, I need to do this. This is, this is what makes me happy. But the most important thing about it was that um, when, I st- when I got introduced into theater, the main thing that made me stay was that um, one, of the, one of the directors that I worked with, you know, said to me, you know, uh, well, he said a lot of things, but what I got from what he said, in fact, was that we do theater every day and in doing theater, we play people. And in playing people, we need to play people so that we can understand people. And when you act people, you cannot judge people. Because if you, not, if you don't judge people, then you can understand people. And if you understand people, then you get to respect people. And if you respect people, then you get to know how to relate with people. And for me, that made sense to me, that as opposed to electrical engineering, which is beautiful, <laughs> you know, but beautiful. I do, well, yeah, it's engineering, you know, it's, it's important for us. But at that time, I, I, I did not connect that much with it. But I, this I connected because I live with people every day and especially where I come from. I, I, I you know, I sit at the corners or with, with my friends as well. We talk about many issues as well. And we, 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 we rub off each other, you know, these energies, these emotions about the township is not happening. You know, that girl at that corner, she did that guy at that corner, she did that. You know, uh, politicians did this and politicians. And you can feel when you look in at people in their eyes how you're enraged they are about things or how they fall in love with certain things you know and for me you know that's something that i that i related to this is something that i connected with and ever since then i wanted to to learn people i wanted to understand people and every work that i've done you know it has been about people it has been about you know why we tell stories because we want to know how we want to learn how to relate with people we want to not judge people because the problem is that if we if we judge people then we are not allowing ourselves to see people who, for who they are or what, what makes them behave in certain ways, what makes them make certain choices. We, 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 we jump ahead and we decide, ah, this person is like this, I'm not going to deal with them. But if we, if we give ourselves time to go into understanding why people make these certain choices, then maybe there can be a little door that allow us to know how to relate with these people. And for me, theater has done that for me. And this, you know, I mean, in my early plays, I, I started writing about family stuff because that's what I knew. But as I grew and I started reading this and reading that and going back to the township and, you know, and this is a township that's very political as well. You know, you have these groups who are always getting together and protesting and doing all sorts of kind of things. And I have close friends who, who lead those kind of things. You know, and for me, that mattered, you know, that meant, that said to me, there is a problem. And when there's a problem, people will say something about it. And I thought, we have a history in this country of protest theater. And protest theater has contributed so much in this democracy that we have. And we have this freedom, but not everyone has this freedom. <laughs> Other people feel this freedom, but other people don't feel this freedom. It almost feels like this freedom that we have was only meant for a certain group of people, but was not meant for another group of people. And so I felt, because people matter so much to me, we need to tell stories that matter, stories about people. 
because you know if you know in, in South Africa you hear you know our president saying when people protest it doesn't mean that there's a problem yet people strike and uh, you know the economy goes down and there's a lot that matters you know you know a lot of people burn stuff you know a lot of people go crazy and 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 for me this these are these are important things that that I live around that matters to me and so this took me into writing about those things and the only way I can do that is through theater i mean when i when i was growing up i was i was taught you never uh, talk back at an adult when an adult tells you something is right you must not try to be clever and try to make excuses and try to defend yourself you must accept what what an elder is saying that's it and so when i was growing up with my when i was living with my mother and there were a lot of things that i was not happy about but i couldn't talk about i couldn't i couldn't talk about them with her you know i couldn't tell her no mama you are wrong here or no mama you can't say that to me and so the only way i could do that was you know i don't know how it happened but i would find myself writing my own feelings how i felt and i just wrote and i just wrote in a book and i have books and books about how i felt and when i when i got introduced to theater i felt a theater helps you express yourself and it's almost like a you know putting a third eye on somebody <laughs> you know people people always look but they don't really see but if you put them in a monologue about something because we always ask the question in the monologue what is it about what are you saying this monologue and i feel you know theater does that and i take that and i put it on stage and people get to see what they always look at every day but they don't actually see i don't know if that makes sense <laughs> yeah it makes perfect sense yeah um and so for you that's the importance of because what was really interesting about a lot of what you said was about you as a performer yeah. and being in and what you learn about people yeah and so the importance for you of putting stuff on stage is so that the audience get to learn as much about those people as well is that yeah. right yeah absolutely um, which is, if you don't mind me just asking, which is not that's theatrical, but just to pick up on, you talked quite a lot then about people that had, the, some people had this freedom and other people didn't have this freedom. Yeah. Can you just give us a, me a couple of examples of the people in South Africa that you feel that don't have the freedom that everyone else has? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, which uh, <laughs> also uh, your question before about the idea of the dreamland as well. The problem in, in, in South Africa, I feel is that when we had R94, most of the people wanted that freedom, but there's a lot of other people who didn't want that freedom because of how it came about. Um, you know, there were negotiations and, you know, uh, the, the National Party government at the time agreed to certain things with the ANC government, and they said, yeah, this is how we're going to live from this time on. But... You know, with a lot of people in South Africa, they feel the only thing that actually changed was the apartheid policy, which is the, the, the policy of, you know, uh, if you are black and you, you are white, you can't be in the same space together, or you can't go to the same toilet together, or you can't do certain things together. Um, you know, blacks and whites cannot mix. And 94, for a lot of people, meant, well, black and white people can come together. But there's a lot of other elements as well that were not dealt with, you know, which is, you know, the, the you know, the issues of, of land, 
you know, um, there, were, there was a lot of land that was taken from people at the time but was never given back. I mean, there's a, there's a, a program that's coming out or that's been going on now about giving people back their lands. You know, other people are getting back their land, but others are not. Um, the, the level of poverty as well, it was there at the time, but now it's getting bigger and bigger this time. Um, you have a lot of people who live in the cities, and these are the places where there's a lot of development, there's a lot of um, infrastructure, you know, there's where everything is, where everyone goes. But if you go to places like townships or, or villages, this is, these are places where development takes a long time to come. Infrastructure takes a long time to come. I mean, the township that I come from, it's the same, which I wrote a play about, there's this... Uh, shopping complex that was burned down in 1993 and people were burning it down because they were making way for democracy you know they they didn't want you know anything that was white you know that was attached to white people or the white government we didn't want this and they burn it down and you know they were saying ANC you know PAC uh, Zapo and all of those uh, political movements that were fighting to make way for democracy and then we get to 94 and then you get uh, democracy and then all of a sudden, in those townships, nothing happens. This shopping complex that I'm talking about, politicians come after 94 and they say it's going to be rebuilt. And we get excited and we say, yeah, you know, we'll wait for it. We get excited. And, and, it, and the time that they said they don't build it, and they said, no, 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 we're going to build it in the next two years. And then they don't build it. No, 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 in the next three years. And they don't build it. It's been 20 years now. And you pass there, it still just ruins there. You know, there's nothing there. And this is just an idea of how things have not changed because the whole township is like that. And the major, major problem with it is that there's a lot of uh, fighting for power. There's a lot of internal factions within the ruling party itself because the problem is that people are busy fighting over power that they forget about uh, the promises that they made to people. They forget about, we said we're going to buy you a lollipop, but now I have to fight at home first, and I forget that I wanted to buy you a lollipop. <laughs> you know, And that's, that's the problem in South Africa, and that's why you have in many other townships where you're not having this freedom that people are talking about, but in other cities you have this freedom that people are talking about. So did you, do you feel if you've got shows in the future that we'll be looking, because I'm going to pronounce this wrong and I apologise, Kader? Kader, yes. Uh, firstly, what is, what, can you tell us, the audience, what, what, what that is? I know what it is because I've seen the show, but I don't want to talk too much about the show because it's brilliant and everyone should come and see it. But just what is that? Um, you mean what the is play? It? No, what is a Kader? Oh, a Kader basically means a serviceman to the country. Someone who, who services his country, who fights... Um, for a country because there's something wrong that has happened and they're trying to right the wrongs of that time. And uh, a lot of uh, people who were fighting, who were liberators, who were soldiers at that time uh, of apartheid, or even before apartheid, were called cadres, you know. And some of them were cadres in, in, in uniforms, in soldier uniforms, and some of them were just cadres who were um, exiled or who were... You know, some, some guy uses the word inside. I don't know if that's an English word. <laughs> but these are people who are hiding inside the country, right. who are running away from the police and, and the army. 
and and these are people who are called cadres. Thank you. And do you feel that because the show is 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 a is sort of retrospective, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and you're talking about. Do you feel that one of the jobs of that is to is is still is what the audiences will go in see that and then will fight harder for the for those people that have lost that that we just talked about that haven't got the freedoms that they should have now. Same, same, yeah. Is one of the intentions of the show to although it it looks backwards. Yes. But uh, very important things. Yes. Uh, but is, does it also have, do you feel, it also has a job, an effect on looking, on making people make South Africa better for now? Yes. One, one of the reasons that I, that I wrote the play as well was, um, you know, I, the first play that I wrote was from 93 going all the way there, which was about, you know, we have this freedom, but now where's the change that we're talking about? This one, we go all the way back to 1965, and it mainly because a year after that, uh, after the play starts, there was uh, an historical event that changed the whole idea of fighting in, in South Africa, you know, fighting against the government. Uh, a, a man called Robert Sobukwe, who um, founded the, the, the Pan-Africanist Congress of Azania, he started a campaign called the Passbook Campaign, where people went to the police stations and they dropped their passbooks in front of the police stations and they burned them and they said, we're not going to carry passbooks anymore. I, you, you, are, you know what passbooks yeah. are about. Yeah. And, and the, the, the police were very shocked by this, were very surprised by this. You know, when I come to you and I say passbook, you, you're supposed to show me your passbook, you know, and I let you go. If you don't have a passbook, I arrest you. And so these guys were saying, arrest us. We're not going to carry these. And the whole country did that same thing. And this had an effect in the country because it meant all the people who carried these passbooks were people who were working in the mines, were people who were working in a lot of uh, government institutions. And that affected the economy of the country. You know. But the major thing that happened, which changed the whole course of the, of the struggle, was that people in a place called Shabfield were shot. These were people who didn't have guns, who didn't have uh, weapons or to attack the police. They were just singing, but because the white police at the time were afraid of these songs, and so they started shooting them, and a lot of people were killed at that time. And this just changed the whole... And this is, this is um, you know, the root, if you would like, that, that, that inspired a lot of people to get together and say, we're going to fight the government. And for me, taking it back to that time, saying, remember why we fought. Remember where we come from. This is where we come from, and the play goes all the way to 2013 to say we have come from very far. One of the things that my uncle said, because it's a play that inspired by my uncle's life, he said to me, one of the things, um, the only thing that we ever learn from history is that we never learn anything. (laughs) And it seemed like in South Africa, despite of where we come from, it seems like we have not learned where we've been, or we, we have not learned what, his, what history has taught us. And the problem with that is that people, when we got into 1994, they thought Mandela becoming the president was the destination, was we have achieved what we wanted to achieve, now everything is okay. But what they have forgot was that Mandela was only the beginning of creating this freedom that we're talking about. And the problem with that is that 
because we thought this is a destination, we did not want even to define the freedom that we have. Because the most worst thing to ever do is that if you do not understand something, then it's difficult to to make something of it. If, uh, for example, if I if I know uh, what's this a kiwi fruit, yep, and you you don't know what 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 it tastes like or what the definition of it is then you're not sure whether you want to eat it or you not want to eat it. And you eat it, you might like it. If you, if you don't eat it, you might never know what it is. But the thing about a definition makes something, it sets something, and it, 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 it affirms something to you that this is something that I feel comfortable with. And when they came up with the, with the TRC, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, that was supposed to bring blacks and whites together, you know, forgive each other. But that's all it did. You know, people went... And talked about, uh, you know, the, the, the brutal things that they did, you know, and victims went there and said, it's okay, we forgive you. But that's where it all ended and actually left people with a lot of scars and a lot of people were still angry even after that. But it didn't really define that, you know, we as black people, because the problem with it is that, you know, it, it just said, let's forgive each other and let's move on. And then they started talking about, uh, the rainbow nation, talking about a non-racial society. But the problem is that people don't understand what non-racial society means. People don't even understand what a rainbow nation means. And that's the problem. Because what's happening in South Africa now is that there's a lot of, um, what do you call it, uh, micro-racial uh, tensions. You know, these are things that are boiling underneath because we have not, because people are trying to overlook color. You know, if you are, uh, I'm black and you are white, and if I'm looking at you, you know, I'm supposed to see uh, nothing. But because of the history that we have in South Africa, if we don't acknowledge that you are white and I'm black, then it becomes a problem. Because when we get together in a space and we act like everything is okay, yet we haven't dealt with our, with our relationship, we haven't defined what our relationship is, then it becomes a problem. Then it becomes difficult for people to, to, to get together in a genuine way. So what happens in South Africa is that people get to only tolerate each other, but only to a certain level, which is a huge problem. And the major, major problem now in South Africa is the idea of, oh, everything is okay. Now we're going to, um, you know, when I, when I get paid, well, there's a lot of corruption, which is what I want to say. There's a lot of corruption. And this is why we're not getting, we're not getting you know, development that's happening in our communities. We're not getting infrastructures. We have the same problems all the time. And it, it, it seems like people have forgotten what 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 brought us here you know this is where we come from this whole whole history that we have it almost seems like it doesn't mean anything to people and that's why this play goes all the way back and it comes to now so when you walk out of the space my 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 intention is to say to you do you really think that there is this freedom in south africa amazing that's one of the okay. greatest descriptions of a piece of work I've ever heard. I can't thank you enough for spending the last 20 minutes with us. It's been a real joy. And I'm sure that everyone listening to this has heard many reasons why they should come and see your beautiful piece of work. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I hope that makes sense. <laughs>
We hope you enjoyed this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. For more information, please log on to www.traverse.co.uk.